Welcome to our summer podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us either watching online or listening to the audio. This will be our format for our messages for the months of July and August. In addition to our messages and our morning announcements, we're also making our worship set list available via Spotify. You can click the link in the description or you can search for Red Hills Church in the Spotify app. I am very excited to announce that next week we will be installing our new lead pastor, Pastor Lane. You will not want to miss this. Join us at 9 or 10.30. We're going to have David Eddy here. He is our Northwest Associate District Supervisor. He's going to be installing Pastor Lane and his wife, Jaina. We'll pray over them. And then following each gathering, we'll have a meet and greet reception in the tent outside until 1 p.m. This Sunday, we are hearing from Pastor Brett Kinberg, and he is diving into the question, what is freedom? Let's check it out. Well, good morning, good morning. It is July 4th weekend. Hey, y'all made it. That's what I'm talking about. That's celebration right there. I like that. So this is our July 4th weekend. Thank you so much for joining us in person. I know Kate was talking about our podcasts going up. And if you are listening or watching online, thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast. We're grateful if you're here in the room or watching there online. We're grateful no matter how you're participating in the gathering. We're just grateful you're here. So um, as it's July 4th, I know that we've got a lot of people out of town, but we also have families that are visiting. We got people that are coming in, and maybe this is your first time checking out Red Hills Church. Again, thank you so much for joining us today. We're so glad that you joined us. My name is Brett Kinberg. I'm the Connections Pastor here at Red Hills Church. If I haven't met you yet, I would love to shake your hand and meet you out in the lobby after our gathering today. But uh, before we jump into our gathering, I, you know, I, I could not help but recognize the fact that it's July 4th. I was a pyro when I was a kid, so uh, this was my favorite holiday of the year because you could legally go out and light stuff on fire. It was like, wow, this is so much fun. But as I was preparing for my message today and as I was looking at what I would be teaching, I thought, man, what better to teach on than freedom? Because this is July 4th weekend and it is the weekend and the day, July 4th, that we celebrate our country's independence. What does that mean? That it, we, we're celebrating the freedom of our country. And, and as, we, as we dive into that a little bit, as we look at that, it makes me think of all of the freedoms that we enjoy as Americans. You know, if you travel around the world, you see a, a global perspective. We are still one of the most free countries in the world. Um, if you've never traveled, let me, let, me in, let me clue you in on this little secret that the United States is still one of the most free places in the world. And so today, we should. We should celebrate that this weekend. Go out, go barbecue, and go celebrate the freedoms that we have as Americans. But today, I want to talk about freedom that we have as believers, because I think in our country, we, we've, we've created this culture of freedom and, and so much so that it's, it's ingrained into the music that we listen to, the movies that we watch. There's, there's songs out there that have lines that go, I'm free to do what I want any old time, right? right? There's, there, there's some songs out there or maybe uh, for some of you 80s people, free your mind and the rest will follow. 
I, I won't continue on in the song, but, you know, any of my Janet Jackson uh, listeners in here will know what I'm talking about. So as, as, we, as we look at freedom, as we look at freedom as believers, we also have to look at through the context of where we've come from. We're, we're Americans. We're, we're, we're citizens of the United States of America. And so freedom is hardwired into who we are. So much so that people look around them and they think, well, if I'm free to do whatever I want any old time, then, then you know, why are you infringing on my freedoms? Why are you stepping on my freedoms? Ah, oh, man, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. So before I continue on, let's go ahead and, and see what the Bible has to say about freedom. Freedom as believers, if, if, you've, if you've never read through the book of Galatians, it is just littered with freedom. When you, when you read through it, you find out that Paul is writing to the church in Galatia, and, and he's talking about the, the gospel of God's grace. In fact, if you look at the survey of Galatians, the, the book, which was originally a letter written to the church in Galatia, it's, it's broken down into three parts. The first part of it is Paul defining the gospel of grace. And, and I'm, I'm a little bit of a history buff. I like to know why things are the way they are, right? You know, why, why is this book set up the way it is? So Paul, Paul begins the book and he actually, he, he affirms the, his divinely given apostleship and then begins to present this gospel of God's grace. And he begins to define it. And, and that's in chapters 1 and 2. In chapters 3 and 4, Paul then begins to explain the gospel of grace, and, and, and explain why we are the children of God, why we are the seed of Abraham, whether Jew or Gentile. We are now adopted into the family, and we are all joint heirs according to what Christ did on the cross. And then if you go to the latter end of his letter, you see the gospel of grace applied in chapters 5 and in chapter 6. And this is where we're going to land today, because if we truly are free, or if we believe that we are free, we need to understand how to apply that freedom in our life. The gospel of grace is, is so rich, and, and, and it has so much to it that we need to understand how do we take all of that grace and apply it to our lives. So today, I'm going to be reading out of Galatians chapter 5. And verse 13, if you would like to take notes, we don't have handouts available right now. We have online notes. And I love this because these are the type of notes that I've always taken. I always go onto the Bible app and, and take my notes on there. But if you'd like to find our notes today, just go through the Church Center app, click more, and click on the notes. It's as easy as that. You can take notes and you can save those notes and take them with you wherever you go. So, you know, when you go out to the beach tomorrow and you're watching fireworks off the piers and you're like, oh yeah, Brett was talking about freedom. What, what was that thing he said again? Oh, well, let me look at it. And you can pull it up right there on your phone. I love taking notes on my phone and, and, and storing them that way because they're permanent. I can't lose them. They can't get dirty in, in my car because they slipped off of the seat when I slammed on the brakes because the person in front of me slammed on their brakes because the person on, you know, and so on and so forth. Um, so I, I don't get frustrated and lose my notes in this way. They're all stored right there. But if you're reading along in your Bibles with me today, I'm reading out of the NIV. Let's begin to read this wonderful chapter in Galatians. We're going to start in verse 13, and Paul says this. He says, my brothers and sisters, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. 
But do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Hmm. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. He goes on in verse 16 to say, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with one another. So you are not to live, or sorry, so you are not to do whatever you want, but you are to be led by the Spirit, and you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. They're sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy. Drunkenness and orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. That was a long passage. So let's pray and let's invite the Holy Spirit to come in and, and open up the scriptures to us this morning. Father God, thank you so much. God, we thank you for your word today. We understand that this word is precious to us. God, this word has the ability to change our lives from the inside out. God, you said that we should take our lives, we should take our minds and wash it with the water of the word. So God, today, I pray that your word would wash over our thinking so that when we look at our lives and we look at freedom, God, we don't see it through our own lens of doing whatever we want, but God, we see it through your lens. Let the Holy Spirit open up these words. Let them become alive on the inside of us today because we declare that your word is precious it is valuable to us today. It is the only thing that can change our lives the way that you do. Father, we're so grateful and we're thankful for this. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, as we open up, I love that Paul's first statement in this passage is he said, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. And, and this, this call to be free, it's like he's speaking to us, right? He's speaking to all of us sitting in this room. You were called to be free. And he's, he's, he's calling everyone to understand what God wants to do in our lives. But he says this, he says, But do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. This statement right here, you're going to hear me say it over and over again as I speak, to serve one another humbly in love, because this is the picture of freedom. But let me ask you this question. Do you feel free in this place? If you're taking notes, you can go ahead and write this down. Do I feel free today? If you do, great. I'm glad. If you don't, 
Buckle up because we're about to discover what freedom actually looks like in the life of the believer. Because every weekend we walk into a gathering like this, and, and if you're one of those, those people who comes when, when it's convenient, then maybe you're not here every weekend. Maybe you're here um, a little bit more sporadically. But when we walk in on the weekends, guess what? We have opportunities to be free every weekend. It's called our dream team. Yes, it's a shameless plug for our dream team, right? Right? Yeah, I, I, I did that. And we've got step one happening today. What a better day to be in church. But I'm not talking about just serving on the weekend. Paul is writing this and he said, you're called to be free 24-7 every day. You're called to be free. What does that freedom look like? It looks like serving one another humbly in love. And I know I, I talked a little bit about this, but in our culture, this idea of freedom has been defined and it's been redefined and it's been redefined to the point where we have become polarly divided in our beliefs. We, we walk down the street and we see somebody on, holding a sign out on the street corner saying something and you may be in agreement with that or you may be completely opposed to that. But whatever it is, Paul is saying we need to serve one another. How do we serve someone that we completely don't agree with? I, I, I talked a little bit about this when we talked about the empowerment of the Holy Spirit a couple weeks ago. The, the Holy Spirit can come and empower your life so that you can serve those that you don't agree with. Because we need the Holy Spirit's power to do that. Because if I don't understand you, how can I speak to you where you are at? But this is what Paul is saying. He's saying to serve one another humbly in love. And, 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 you, and you start catching a, a, a little bit of a vision of our American culture when he, he goes a couple lines past this. He says, For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by one another. American independence is when we declared our independence from Britain and where we said we're going we're to come out of underneath the rule of, of what we saw as an oppressive community. They wanted us to worship a specific way and we came to America and we decided we want to worship God in freedom. And we want to worship God how he has called us to in his word and because of that we split apart. And I believe that when this country was founded, it was founded on beliefs and faith in a God who has given us certain inalienable rights, right? We, we wrote things like the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. And in these, we said these are God-given rights to every human being. And because of that, Paul speaks to this community in Galatia and he says, this is how you live free. You serve one another humbly in love. In fact, when our nation was founded, we, we put up the Statue of Liberty, right? And we said, give us your tired, your hungry masses. Let them all come in because we were serving the world around us. What has happened to our country as we've become biting and destroying and divisive. 
I think in, in this last phrase, he said, if you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by one another. This is a, a very good picture of where our country has, has found ourselves. We're in this divided situation and this divided state of beliefs where one person's freedom steps on somebody else's freedom. And Paul says, you've got it all wrong. You're thinking about freedom in the wrong way. I think if we, if, if we go further into this scripture in verse 16, he says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with one another, so that you are not to do whatever you want, but you are to be led by the Spirit and you are not under the law. Sorry, I, I, I misread that last. Let me read it one more time. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So we see this pendulum swinging. On, on one side, we've got the law, right? He said, if you are led by the Spirit, then you are not under the law, okay? So if we're not under the law, then, then we see this culture that has swung completely in the other direction that sings, I'm free to do what I want any old time, Right? They're, they're doing whatever they want to do, and because of that, they're biting and devouring and destroying one another because they're just free to do whatever they want, right? Paul says, that, and, and this separation is so clear and it's so cool to look at how Paul defines living by the Spirit because he said, if you live by the Spirit, then you won't gratify the desires of the flesh, right? So the pendulum one way. And then in the very end, he sums it up and says, but if you live by the Spirit, then you are not under the law. Which is complete imprisonment to a, to a man-made system of living that we cannot fulfill on our own. This is why Jesus died on the cross. He came to fulfill the law and, and do what? To set us free from the law. Okay, so when Jesus poured out his blood and, and he purchased our freedom with his blood, much like this country was set apart and, 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 and divided and, and brought out of underneath rule by bloodshed, Jesus did this. He did this for us. He, he said, I have, I have spilled my blood and given you freedom. Freedom to not have to circumcise yourselves. Freedom to, to, you know, maybe go out and eat what you want. You know, if we went to a nice French restaurant the other night and they had pork chops on the menu. I, I didn't order the pork chops, but I'm looking at it going, I can eat that if I want, right? Um, and, and, and in this, we look at how the, the, the church in Galatia has been divided. Because earlier in chapter 5, we see that Paul, he, he says this, and I, I actually, I want to go back and read this. And, and I'm going to ask you a second question. Maybe you do feel free. Maybe you don't feel free. But the second question I want to ask you is, why have we been set free? I think I answered that just a moment ago. We've been set free so that we can serve, right? But, but let's, let's dig a little deeper into what Paul is talking about here because I, I believe there's some clarity that can be gained from the first verse in chapter 5. It says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. 
And so he's looking, he's looking at these people, and, and when, when we look at that phrase, be burdened again by the yoke of slavery, if he's talking to Gentiles or people who are not Jewish, he's saying, do not let yourself be burdened again by the yoke of slavery to your flesh, right? Because unbelievers don't know any better. We just, we just do whatever we want any old time. Okay, and so in that, there's, there's this one side that don't be burdened by slavery to this again. But if he's talking to the Jewish believers in the church of Galatia, he's saying, do not be burdened by the yoke of the law again, because if you have to fulfill one thing in the law, you have to fulfill the entire law. And that is unsustainable. Do you know why we have the Old Testament? It's there as our example. Paul wrote this. He said that their example was there for us so we could have a picture of what to do and what not to do. It was an example for us to live our lives by, to recognize that we could not justify ourselves in our own power or through the law. Because the law had become bondage. They said, hey, it's Sunday. If you go mow your lawn today, you're transgressing the law. Actually, if you mowed your lawn yesterday, yesterday was actually the Sabbath, and you didn't know that, but you broke the law. So we, we couldn't do that. We couldn't fulfill the law in our own power. That's why Jesus came. And so you see that Paul has given us this clear division of freedom from the flesh and freedom from the law that was written and given to Moses. Now, he also said this, that the fulfillment of the law is given in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself, right? Well, how do we actually do that well? Because a little bit ago, I talked about loving people and serving people that we don't understand and we don't agree with. How do we serve those people well? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's read on. Okay, so... We're going to read through this big list of the flesh, okay? So, so buckle up, and we're, we're, going to, we're going to look at what we struggle with as human beings. The acts of the flesh are obvious. They're sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft. And th these are broken into segments. It's broken into three different segments. And this first one, you see all of these, these acts of immorality and, and, and sexual impurity and debauchery and idolatry and witchcraft. And, and how is this imprisonment in my life? Well, let's just pick one because I don't have time to talk about all of these. I've only got 13 minutes left. So um, we're going we're gonna to pick one out of this list. Let's talk about sexual immorality for just a moment. I'm not going to get too deep into this, but we look in our culture today and free to do whatever we want means I can sleep with whoever I want any old time, right? I'm free to do what I want any old time. And so we see in our culture that sexually transmitted diseases have become so prevalent and they have become a, a, a force in our country that is trying to steal your life from you. And this word sin, Paul doesn't use that word sin on, on this list. Why? Because he's talking about, okay, for unbelievers, for people who are Gentiles who were never underneath the law, we need to understand what is keeping you captive, what is holding you in bondage. And sexual immorality, Paul says it this way, it is a sin against your very own body. 
So when we go out and do whatever we want any old time, we pay the price that is too expensive for us to pay. And a lot of times it takes our life from us without us giving consent. So therefore, we are no longer free to do what we want any time because we're dead. Okay, so that's one. Um, let's, let's move on to the next. Let's, let's move on to the second portion of this list. We see hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy. And, and we look at this list, and you can see a theme running through this list, and it's very much how one person treats another person, right? We, we look at this list, and, and well, again, we're just going to pick one, although the fits of rage I experienced last night with my son it was really interesting because I walked in there, and I'm like, oh, this is what you act like when you don't have Jesus. Okay. Um, so my, my son, he wakes up at 11 o'clock, and I apologize. I'm just going to take a moment to tell this story. But it's like 11 o'clock at night, and I'm like, man, I, I, you know, I, got, I got things to do in the morning. I need to get some rest. And he wakes up at 11, 11, 15, something like that. And I go in and I'm asking him, what's wrong? He's crying. He's, he's unhappy. And my son is usually pretty happy. If you know Peter, you know that he might be a little shy, but he'll play peekaboo with you and then everything's good. And so I go in there, I pick up Peter and he's crying and, and, and I, I don't know what's wrong. He just woke up and maybe he had a bad dream. I don't know. But typically my son, and right now he's teething, so one of the things that will help settle him down is if I give him a drink of water. So we have a cup in the room, and it's got a straw in it, but it's an open cup. Big mistake. Um, so I, I walk in, and, and I give my, you know, I offer my son, hey, do you, want, do you want a drink of water? And he just keeps pointing at the door, and I'm like, does he want Kate? Does he want my wife? What's going on? And, and I'm like, well, I'm not sure. Maybe he's just frustrated. So I offer him the drink of water again. And what does he do? He says, thank you, Daddy. No. He grabs the cup and flings the water everywhere. No, I don't want the drink of water, Dad. It's a fit of rage. Uh, it's, and, and, you know, I've, I've counseled with people and I've talked with people about life. And, and, and I've heard people say things like this. When I get angry, I just begin to see red. And it's like I, I, I don't think clearly anymore. Fits of rage are an imprisonment for us because when we go into that moment of seeing red and we've lost control, men, do you know what I'm talking about in here? Uh-huh. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, MJ. I, I, I needed that. When we get mad, sometimes we get on a war path. Da King David did this one time because somebody didn't invite him in for dinner, and he said, I'm going to go kill the whole family. Um, and seriously, read through Samuel. It's crazy what King David did sometimes. And, and of course, you know, this really wise woman said, hold on, let me feed your men and let me go deal with my stupid husband over here. He died. Anyways, um, so in, in that, this, these fits of rage are causing us to be a prison to our own feelings. Because sometimes, guys, we don't understand how to verbalize our feelings, so we're, we're like, we're pent up energy and we don't know how to get it out, and it's like we see red and I cannot control my emotions anymore. I'm angry and I don't know why. I've, I've counseled with people like this, and they're like, Brett, I'm angry, and it's like we, we went, our conversation went to a specific point, and then I, I, I lost it. I couldn't, talk, I couldn't talk to this other person anymore because I couldn't think clearly. It's like all I saw was red. 
And these fits of rage are imprisonment to us as believers because it no longer allows us to make the decision properly. It puts us in a place where now I'm making decisions based out of emotion rather than based off the spirit of God on the inside of me. I was going to talk about something else, but I guess fits of rage is where we landed. So let's move on to the last ones. And uh, envy was the last in that list. And so let's read the last part of the list, which is drunkenness, orgies, and the like. And, and, and I don't think I have to talk too much about drunkenness to let you know that it can become a prison in your life. It can become enslavement in your life. It can be the thing... And I, and I, I talked, man, I, ha, I had this guy who worked for me and, and I, I prayed for him. I prayed so hard for him that, that he would be able to be free from alcoholism. And he even went to rehab. He said, you know, I, I can't do it anymore. My doctor says I'm going to die if I don't stop drinking. And he was afraid. He was afraid. I could see it in his eyes. And he said, I don't know what to do, but I can't lose my job. And, and so we, we made sure that he had the opportunity to go and get the help that he needed. And he came back, and a couple weeks after he came back, we're smelling alcohol in him again. And it's like, hey, why? why? Why are you going back to this thing that your doctor said is going to kill you? And he said this, I can control it. This becomes a prison in your life when you can no longer control it. You can't make the decision to stop. In fact, you have to go to some place for them to take your decisions away so that you can get free from this. I would say that is slavery and that is a prison in your life. Hmm. Okay, so now we've, we've talked about all of the prisons that that, that Paul is saying you need to be set free from. That's just the natural side. We're not going to talk about the whole freedom from the law. I think we could, but it would take me a whole nother message to do that. But let's look at what Paul says. He said, if, if you are led by the Spirit, then you are not under the law. So let's, let's just skip over talking about bondage to the law and assume that, that we've talked about that a little bit. But let's look at what the fruit of the Spirit is. Because if we know that we're operating in the fruit of the Spirit, then we know that we're free from the law. And as we, as, as we look at these fruits of the Spirit, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And I just want to stop and, 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 and put a thought out to you right now, and that is that God's kingdom is a backwards kingdom. If you're taking notes, you can write that down. Because what Paul said in the very beginning of this, of, of this portion of scripture that we're reading, he said, this is freedom that you become slaves to one another. How is slavery to one another freedom? Because didn't he say in the very beginning of the book, don't let yourselves become Slaves again? Why, why is he now going back on, it seems to be going back on what he said before. What we're looking at is we're looking at you have a choice to do this. Paul says use your freedom to be slaves or to serve one another humbly in love. What happens when we begin to serve in a, one another? We begin to operate in love 
towards everyone, no matter what they believe, no matter what they look like, and no matter what they say or do to us, we love them no matter what. That's freedom. Did you, did you under, can you see that? Maybe I need to open that up a little bit for you because if somebody hates you, but you choose to love them, guess what? You're free to choose love. Let's look at the next one. And, and these, I'm going to read every one and give a little bit of understanding on each of these. Joy. What happens when on July 4th weekend, you're driving your camper down the road and a tire blows out and, and you're stressed out because it's hot and there's people driving right next to you and you're going, man, it would be so easy to be frustrated right now, but I have joy. Fruits of the Spirit, love, joy. And that joy, when, when somebody pulls up and says, hey, can I give you a hand with that? And you go, yeah, I would love for you to give me a hand with this. And while we're at it, let's have a conversation. You know Jesus. <laughs> love, joy, led by the Spirit. Peace, no matter what is going on around you. When you've been given a diagnosis by the doctor and you don't understand how I'm going to make it through this situation. But God says, I will give you peace. That word wrapped up and defined as nothing missing and nothing broken in your life. If you can have peace in that situation, no matter the outcome, no matter if God heals you with a miracle or not, you still have peace, that's freedom. Because you're not a slave to fear. You're not afraid of death. You're not afraid of life. You have peace in every situation. That's freedom. That's true freedom in your life. And, and when, we, when we walk by the Spirit and we do not gratify the desires of the flesh, this is freedom. And all of this is done by God's grace. Patience. Patience with someone when they don't understand what it means to be a Christian. And they keep asking you all these questions. And you're like, yeah, I answered that question already. Oh, yeah, but, but what do you mean by this? What do you mean that Jesus paid for all of my sins? How did that, I don't understand how that works. And you keep asking and you keep telling them. Kindness. When you can be kind to somebody after they've tried to deface your name and said you don't know what you're doing, you, 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 you've said all of these things and, and, and you're a horrible person and I can still be kind to you even as a horrible person. That's freedom. Goodness. General goodness is, is hard to find in our culture. You see, you see people surrounded and, and ensnared by their own desires and to be good is something that is sometimes hard to find in our culture. If we can be good, then we have influence into people's lives. Faithfulness, when God has called you to something, not saying no. Saying, yes, God, I'll do that. Faithfulness. Faithfulness to show up when people are asking you to show up. Faithfulness 
speaks volumes about who God is, and it's a way for us to serve one another humbly in love. Every one of these attributes right here, I'm trying to give you an example of how you can serve one another humbly in love. Because this is freedom, to serve one another humbly in love. Gentleness. When, when I can bench, you know, 300 pounds and I can still walk up and hug somebody and allow God to use that act of love and gentleness to minister to them. I can't bench 300 pounds. I'm not that guy. Self-control. And we talked about fits of rage a moment ago. This is the direct opposite of fits of rage. Self-control. When somebody says everything and does everything they do to try and get underneath your skin, and you can say, I still love you, and God does too. It doesn't matter what you say about me or try and do to me. I still love you. Self-control is freedom. Freedom to serve one another humbly in love. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we, and since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Let's pray. Father, we're so grateful for your word. We're so grateful for freedom in our lives. All of these fruits of the Spirit are available to us today. By your Holy Spirit, who was sent because Jesus died on the cross. Jesus paid the price with his blood so that we could live free, empowered by your Holy Spirit to love one another, to serve one another humbly in love. If you're in this place and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let me tell you this. This freedom comes through simply saying yes to Jesus. And if you've never made that decision before, or maybe you've made that decision once and you don't feel like you're still walking in relationship with Jesus, I would like to just pray for you really quick. If you would like to say yes to Jesus either again or for the first time this morning, I'd like you to just put your hand in the air so I can pray with you. Okay. Yeah. All right. Father, I thank you for every person that's in this room. God, every person that's listening to the sound of my voice in this room or online, God, I thank you that freedom is available for them if they simply say yes to Jesus. In Romans, Father, you said that if we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, we shall be saved. God, I pray right now that somebody is making that decision and saying yes to you. And, and on another area, I would like to pray for everyone in this room and and, and this is as much for me as it is for anyone in this room. If you need God to start moving in your life, if you need the Holy Spirit to begin bringing these gifts out so that you can choose love 
and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, faithfulness and self-control. If you need to be able to choose these more freely, I would like you to just lift your hand. Okay. Yeah. Hands all over the place. Right. Let's all stand to our feet as we pray. Father, thank you. God, I have my hand lifted up. God, I need more self-control. I need more love, more joy, more peace, more patience. God, I need these things to be operating in my life so that I can serve those around me. Faithfulness. God, I need faithfulness. Faithfulness to fulfill commitments, God. God, I humble myself, God. I ask you to show up in my life through faithfulness to those that are around me, God. That I would be able to serve them humbly in love. God, I know that you can do miracles in our lives and you're doing it today. God, we believe this by your word and we receive it through the name of Jesus, the name above every other name. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.